0: There's a story of a a preacher, of a pastor who visited a farmer. He went to visit this uh, farmer and said, If you had 200 pounds, would you give 100 pounds to the Lord? Of course, said the farmer. If you had two cows, would you give one of those cows to the Lord? Yes, of course I would. If you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? The farmer replied, that's not fair. You know I have two pigs. (laughs) There's a real challenge for us when it comes to thinking about giving and generosity. Because as we saw last week, we're called to give out of what we have, not out of what we don't have. We read that in verse 12 of chapter 8. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. It's important as well when we think about generosity that we don't limit ourselves to thinking in terms of money, of just our finances, because generosity goes way beyond uh, that. One writer said, even if your bank account is empty, God has still enriched you in all kinds of ways so that you can be generous in all kinds of ways so that thanksgiving would be an offering to God for all kinds of reasons. We have so much more than just our money to be generous with. The Lord has blessed us in so many ways and the call is to be generous And we'll see this morning, as we think about being generous with all we have, in that call to be generous as we serve one another. Last week, we thought about generosity it's a matter of the heart. That's one of the characteristics of this new life that we have in Jesus. We're generous as our Father in heaven is generous and has been generous to us. And we will want to reflect that in our lives and in the life of the church. And Paul continues in verse 16 of our reading this morning. But thank God, he has given Titus the same enthusiasm for you that I have. A better translation, this misses it, and I don't know why it misses it, uh, but it does. A, a, A different translation says, but thanks be to God who put it into the heart of Titus, the same earnest care I have for you. That word again, heart, it's such an important word as we think about generosity. Because generosity, it's a matter of the heart. And Paul says Titus has that same love and that same care uh, that he does for the Corinthian Christians. And that same love and that same care for them leads Titus to want to serve the church in Corinth. Titus welcomed our request that he visit you again. In fact, he himself was very eager to go and see you. You'll remember that there was this desire a year ago in the Corinthian church to give to this collection that Paul was making for the church in Jerusalem. And so a year on, Titus is going back and Paul wants them to complete their desire. He wants them to complete this collection so that he's ready to give To the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. And so Titus is one who will go to them in service of the Lord. And Paul goes on to um, talk about two other brothers who will go with Titus. The first, or the second one, um, is a brother who is famous for preaching the gospel. And Paul goes on to mention a third. Another brother who has proven himself many times and has shown on many occasions how eager he is. So there's three people, three Christians who are serving in this way as they go to the Corinthian church to make this collection. And I don't know if you're struck as I am that Paul names Titus but he doesn't give us a name for the second and third brother who is going. Did you notice that as it was read? Paul doesn't name them But the church in Corinth will know who they are. And this is the amazing thing about it. This is the striking thing for me about those verses. That the church would know exactly who those two brothers are. Just by the way that Paul has has described them. Paul says this is the characteristic of those two brothers. And the Corinthian church will know exactly who they are. They are known by their character. And their service in the Lord. I think that's an amazing couple of verses. That Paul doesn't name them, but he describes them and the church will know exactly who he is talking about. And I think there's a challenge for us in that. To serve in such a way that we are known by others and recognized by others for our love for Christ in the way that we serve his church. There is such a great love for Christ and joy in Him that it overflows in love and joy in serving His church. There's that eagerness to serve. There is a desire and a commitment to serve. Titus has put his hand up and said, Yes, I will go. I will serve the church in this way. And as they go, Paul wants to make sure that this collection is done above board, that it's done properly, that it is done right. Because as we know from our studies in 1 Corinthians, that there were groups of people within the Corinthian church that were causing Paul a lot of problems. And so he doesn't want to send Titus and the other two to make this collection in a way that gives any ammunition to those groups of troublemakers in the church. Verse 20, we are traveling together to guard against any criticism for the way we are handling this generous gift. We are careful to be honorable before the Lord, but we also want everyone else to see that we are honorable. When it came to this gift of money and the collection of it, Paul wanted to make sure that everything was done in a way that was honorable both to the Lord and in the eyes of people around them. He didn't want anything to hinder the work of the gospel. They served in a way that brought glory to Christ. And then they serve in a way that is seen to be above reproach by people around them. And I think that's really important. I've often heard that uh, people have said, well, in the eyes of God, I'm doing everything right and above board. And in a sense they forget and about people. But it's really important that yes, we do things right and proper in the eyes of God, but also we do that for people to see that we've done the things that we do right and proper in the eyes of people around us, not for their approval, but so that it honours the Lord in all that we do. You've got an airplane? Let's have a look. No, no, good. Go and try again. Get your dad to help you. So it's good. It, 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 what Paul is saying, we need to make sure that we're doing things honorable in the eyes of God, but also what the people around us are seeing that we're doing it in an honorable and above reproach way. Everything we do needs to be done properly and above reproach for the glory of and honor of God. If you're in a small group or if you're joining in the Generosity Project with us by yourself, we've looked at week two last week and we saw that the problem of humanity is the problem of the heart, that our hearts are sinful. We know what God has done about it, but there's always that danger because of our sinful nature that. We do things with the wrong motives. So it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that Titus and the the two brothers went um, to the church in Corinth and took the collection in such a way that honored them rather than honoring the Lord. We want to serve in such a way uh, that it is obvious that we are about Christ and not about honoring ourselves. Paul said earlier on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. In all that we do, as we're generous with our time, as we serve one another, as we want to do it in such a way <clears throat> that honors our great God. <clears throat> and Paul goes on in verse 23. If anyone asks about titus, say that he is my partner who works with me to help you. And the brother with him, brothers with him, have been sent by the churches, and they bring honor to Christ. So show them your love and prove to all the churches that our boasting about you is justified. As they served the church, they did it in such a way that brought glory to God. And so, a response to the generosity of God is that we serve one another. And as we'll see in a moment, that we do it in love. But we serve For the glory of God. Last week Paul wanted to. uh, He wanted them to show the genuineness of their love. By giving. And so he gave the example of the Macedonians. uh, He gave the example of Christ. uh, And he gives the example of Titus and the brothers. This morning. He wants them to look at those examples. And follow them in generosity by serving uh, and by serving one another in love love for God and love for one another is one of the m- major motivations for serving God's people Paul in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians uh, it says and why because I do not love you God knows I do Paul served the church because he loved them. Titus shared that love. He shared the same enthusiasm. And he served the church in love. And we've sung about it this morning. And we know that the supreme example of serving out of love is Christ. We read that in Romans 5. But God showed His love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. Christ came and served in love. And that love and that service is ultimately shown as He went to the cross as he died on it for the sins of the world. Out of love, he gave himself selflessly and sacrificially. And our response to that generosity that we've experienced and that we know uh, from God is to be generous with all that we have, selflessly and sacrificially. And so this morning, as we think about generosity, it's to be generosity with our time, with our talents, with our skills, with our abilities, with our possessions. As we seek to serve one another in love. Galatians five, thirteen: For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. And in 1 John 4, we love because he first loved us. And so the call to respond to God's generosity is to serve one another in love. So let me ask some questions. Is that how you serve? Do you serve in love? Do you serve others out of love for Christ? and for His people? Are you serving with the right motive? Do you serve in such a way that puts your preferences to one side? Uh, Do you serve in such a way that puts others and their needs first or ahead of our own? Do we serve in such a way that it brings glory and honor to God rather than Ourselves and for our own uh, satisfaction. Do we serve with joy? With overflowing joy? Or do we serve out of duty? Or out of a desire for the praise of people? But to humbly serve one another out of love for God and for His people. So this week, spend some time reflecting uh, on how you serve. What are the motivations of your heart as you serve God's people here? And if you're not serving and you're wondering, well, I want to respond to God's generosity. How can I uh, do that by serving others? Well, there's lots of ways that we can do that. Are you an encourager? Can you serve others by encouraging them? Can you cook? Can you bake? Could you serve others by inviting somebody around for a cup of tea and a piece of cake? Could you serve by volunteering for our toddler group on a Thursday morning? Or by joining the band and serving us as we sing? There are so many ways that we can serve one another in love. How could you do that if you're not already? We read in 1 Peter chapter 4, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has been so generous to us in lots of different ways. Let us respond by being generous Uh, with our times, with everything, our talents, our gifts, everything that we have, as we seek to serve one another in love for his glory. Let's watch a video from the Generosity Project.
1: My name's Ryan, uh, this is my wife Ellen. Uh, I work in spare parts for trucks in a small family business uh, and Ellen's a teacher.
2: Yeah, primary teacher and um, we attend Hope Anglican Church in Leppington and um, we've been there since 2016 when it started up. Um, started by people who um, were willing to do mission in this area uh, with a new community starting up with so many houses and people to reach.
1: Back when the church started there was only about 30 to 35 people involved in the launch team. And that 35 grew quickly to 60, 70, to 120 people, 150 people in the morning. So then we've grown into two services and I think have about 250 adults each Sunday morning at church. We have a property that was purchased a few years beforehand by the Anglican Diocese. I I was floored initially when we found out about the Greenfields Levy uh, and what that meant for our church. Uh, each church in Sydney were, uh, that are able to would give two percent of their offer tree uh, over a few years in order to purchase land in new communities. Uh, so they purchased, I think, we're on five acres. Uh, so that was done before the houses, before the people were there. Um, so when I found that out, I was just encouraged by the four side of those above us, uh, the four side of people working at uh, growing churches in Sydney. We've been provided land, Uh, we're about to be provided a new building, uh, all of which was provided by other Christians who don't come to our church, who don't see us each week, who aren't living in the area, but decided to use their money to grow God's kingdom out here. It's hard for that generosity not to be contagious. When you've been given a lot as a church, um, that's a lot of responsibility as a church as well, and what we do with the assets we've been given, and how we can use those to better serve the area we're in.
2: And we're not just going to sit by in a church that's been built uh, by the generosity of others. It it spurs you on to give of your time and of your energy um, into the different ministries that need to start up.
1: We've seen um, multiple people that travel a large distance. They give up a lot of their time to be involved in our church each week. Uh, We've seen people that are selling their houses and moving into the area uh, purely for the sake of church.
2: Okay, we've got to get into this mindset, right? Isn't this true that Australia is not our home? Right, you and me, if we're in Christ Jesus, our passports are stamped, citizens of heaven. Right, that's where we're... Uh, I remember our pastor Luther saying, uh, we hadn't even started our morning meetings on a Sunday and he said, we need to be thinking about the next church plant that we're doing. And I've gone, hang on a minute, we haven't even started this one. But it's just that future planning and going, well, the reality is there's going to be 200,000 houses. That's heaps and heaps of people that don't know the Lord. So we need to be thinking who can go from this group and start the next church, probably in five years' time.
1: Ultimately, we want to give others the same opportunity that we've been given uh, because we've seen the great blessing that others' generosity has been to us. Uh, So why wouldn't we want to be involved in trying to replicate that for others?
0: generous and respond in generosity so let that be a challenge for us how can we individually serve one another in love and how can we as a church serve those around us and beyond us in love this week when you pick up your heart think about generosity and how we serve one another in love not for our glory but for the glory and honor of our great God Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your generosity towards us. Thank you for the way that you've blessed us. thank you for the challenge this morning for us to respond in generosity as we serve one another in love. Challenge us in how we do that and how we can serve. Father, help us to do that for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.